Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another amazing episode of Just Browsing. Matthew along with Zach today, and uh, we're going to bring you a week nine recap of the Rogue One Fantasy League as well as the the NFL season. And, um, you know, we're going to jump right into it because we played each other this week. We and, did. And uh, we, we did. were the two highest scoring teams. We with, were. With a Zach victory of uh, 295 to 260. Uh, thanks in part to Dalvin Cook gashing yet another defense for over 200 yards in back-to-back weeks and yes, having a touchdown of over 50-plus yards. So, um, you know, I can't complain really this week because I just put up 260 and really that should win in every, any other, you know, week. I mean, I would have beat – the next closest person to us was 228, and that was Taya. Yeah. You know, so I would have beat Taya by 32 points. I, and, I think it was um... – Pretty close, and then Drew Brees went off for 30 in that game. Those yeah, are, it was that super lopsided um, Saints and Buccaneers game. So, yeah, none of his points went to Emmanuel Sanders. Or yeah, I, I, I somehow lucked out because I was worried going in. I was like, well, you have Michael Thomas, so if Drew Brees scores or if Michael Thomas catches three touchdowns, at least Drew Brees is throwing three touchdowns. Right. So, hopefully, we can rise the same you know, I mean, pace, but. He ended up not, you know, Michael Thomas scored 11 and Drew Brees went for 30. And yeah, I mean, I was carried hardcore by my two quarterbacks and one receiver going off for yeah, what, 145 points. Well, yeah, when that, so that game happened on Thursday, Thursday night, night, that, the, that Packers. I was up and, 89 to zero. Yeah, it was, was 89 like, to zero. And it was looking like you were going to just blow me out of the water, yeah. like not even going to be close. And then the Sunday game start and Dalvin Cook just has a monster performance again. So. Back-to-back weeks, this is what Dalvin Cook's scoring in in our fantasy league has looked like. 63 points against Green Bay and 58 against Detroit. So he had, against Green Bay, 30 carries, 163 yards, three touchdowns. And he had two catches, 63 yards, and a touchdown in that game. So four total touchdowns. Against Detroit, he had 22 carries, 206 yards rushing, two touchdowns, two catches for 46 yards. So he goes for 58 points this past week. So, yeah, Dalvin Cook. And this is all coming off of – so leading up to that, he was hurt. I guess you could call it two weeks in a row, although one of those weeks was a bye week seven for them. But leading up to that, he was just consistently scoring a lot of points too, but then he was hurt. So I had him on my bench for a couple of weeks there, and then it was coming up. So I have him and Aaron Jones, and it was coming up. Both of them were kind of coming back from their injuries at the same time. Right. And they were both – had the same sort of outlook. You know how when fantasy I was surprised you didn't play Aaron Jones. I was surprised you played it ended two up Houston receivers. It I mean, ended up it being a hurt, good yeah. move because he only went for 13 or something like that. But the, you know how fantasy will sometimes give you the projection? Like if the guy's questionable and he's coming back from injury, you know he's going to play, but you're trying to figure out how, how much, much he's going to get right. used. You know what I mean? You're like, well, are they it's just like gonna, Michael Thomas. Yeah. Are, are they just going to kind of rotate him in and out? He's going to play maybe a third of the snaps or – is he just like normal and he's going to be normal workload? So I was trying to figure that out. So Aaron Jones, I end up making the decision, just leave him on the bench. I'm not confident in that he's back 100% yet, so I'm going to leave him on the bench one more week. And when Dalvin Cook came back two weeks ago, I was faced with the same decision, but I was like, you know what? For whatever reason, based on their projections and stuff, I was feeling a little bit more confident. I was like, I think Dalvin Cook's back. I think he's healthy. I think he's going to be back to a normal workload. Let's just throw him in there. And sure enough, for two weeks in a row, he goes 63 and 58. Well, you know what? I I thought it was surprising. I look at at your roster and I go, okay, he's got Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf both on the same team. Mm -hmm. And then he has, you know, you have Brandon Cooks and Randall Cobb, both wide receivers on the same Mm -hmm. team. And I'm like, they're going to take touches from each other 
But then you also have Deshaun Watson, who he could throw to anybody on that team pretty much, and you're going to get points. Yep. And he didn't, you know, Randall Cobb didn't do shit. But I saw Brandon Cooks had like a 50 plus yard touchdown. Yeah, he finished with 27 fantasy you know, points. So he had a pretty good game. Lockett didn't do anything. And then DK Metcalf, I'm looking at the game, and he has like six catches for 99 yards, and time is like running out in that game. I'm like, all right. All right, we're getting close. We're getting close. And I think he gets like a 28-yard touchdown catch or something like that. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Not only did you get another point for the reception, you got another, like, what, two or three points because of yards. Then you get the 100-yard bonus and you get the touchdown. I'm mm-hmm. like, he went from a 15-point game to a 28-point <laughs> game, I'm pretty sure, on one catch. Gotta love fantasy. Fucking, I yeah. saw that and I was like, he fuck. He finished, it, he finished with seven catches for 108 yards and a touchdown in that game. So... Listen to so this has been DK Metcalf this year his fantasy scoring wise and I just kind of want to point out too I wasn't paying close attention to what he was doing last year because I didn't have him in fantasy but I want to say he was definitely not this no. involved in the offense so this year has been a real breakout well, season you got to think too the Seahawks are usually a very run heavy offense yeah they, and this year they they're usually not. utilize the yeah. ground game to their advantage and so. After I don't, we could go back and look at what he scored last season, but I, it was it was very minimal impact on the offense. But check out what he scored this year. Oh, I've, on I've looked. I've looked. <laughs> with the exception of one game, so at week seven against Arizona, he he finished with four points fantasy wise. He only had two catches for twenty three yards. Every other week, listen to this. Week one, 20 points. Week two, 29 points. Week three, 25 points. Week four, 20 points. Week five, 28 points. Then you have, like I said, the aforementioned weird anomaly game against Arizona with four points. And then the last two games, he's gone for 50 and then for 28. Just having an absolutely breakout season. And he's the number one ranked receiver for fantasy right now. Yeah. And I think he's leading the NFL in yards. Yeah. So um, he has been really helping my team out. Obviously, Dalvin Cook's been really helping my team out. And, you know, with the with the Seahawks, so as you pointed out, I have DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. And it seems like... You know, I, I on the on the lucky weeks that I luck out and they both go off, I I'm basically guaranteed to win. Well, like right, because Russell Wilson usually either throws to Lockett or Metcalf yeah. for like all of his yardage, but then he spreads out his touchdowns. Yeah. So, um, but most of the time, it ends up being one or the other will have a big game and not both of them. You know what I mean? So Lockett has been a little bit. He's been way more inconsistent. So he he's gone 18, 20, 47, six. Nine, sixty-seven, eight, and eight. <laughs> so that's that's kind of all over the board. So obviously, way way less consistent than DK Metcalf, but still, he's ranked as the fifth best uh, receiver in fantasy football. So well, and it doesn't hurt you to play both of them. Yeah, I no, mean, I mean, looking, I'm not looking losing at your out like anything, your bench yeah. and everything. You're not losing out on. I mean, I would have played Aaron Jones over Randall Cobb or DeAndre Swift, and then when Calvin Ridley's healthy, I would. So what I would have done if I was you at, with your team, I would have played Aaron Jones over DeAndre Swift and then Calvin Ridley over Randall Cobb. But Rand- Calvin Ridley was hurt. Right, though. he's hurt. Yeah. So, but that's what I'm saying I would have done with your roster. Yeah. And then you still have Jarvis Landry and Robert Woods, which I would probably play over Larry Fitzgerald. Um, and then least, they were both on a bye, too. So. they're both on buys. <laughs> I was kind of fucked this week. Really, the only move that I could have made – in hindsight, would have been to just play Aaron Jones over, let's say, Randall Cobb. But, right. I mean, really, it didn't I mean, make that much of a difference. You would have got seven more points. Yeah, so yeah, 13 points compared to six. It doesn't really matter in the end. I mean, it would have put you over 300, though. True. So I really thought I was going to get 300. I, w- I put up 295 this week, which I think I got really close to 300 earlier this season, too. I'm going to have to go look Probably at my scores. Me. But, <laughs> but uh, 
yeah, so anyway, to quit rambling about our matchup. So I beat Matt's team 295 to 260. Um, I moved to 7-2. and two. That's the best record in the league. Matt, I snapped his four-game win streak, right? It was four games? Four games. And you're now five and four. So still, still doing – Still you're, you're hanging in there. You're, you're hanging in there. Yeah, I was one and three at one yeah, point. So. You've really turned it around, so that's good. Going back to the DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett thing, I just want to read these stats to you real quick. Sure. Hit me with them. When my computer and technology loads and then my dog just made – I'm going to go look to sound, see but- – which week I got close to 300 because I know I did it one week. So the third leading receiver on the Seahawks has 316 yards. Then you have Lockett with 615 and Metcalf with 788. Wow. So the third best receiver on their team has how many? 316. And then the fourth is a Greg Olson at tight end with 171. So there's a very big discrepancy. And in terms of targets, Tyler Lockett is his favorite target with 70. So he gets targeted more. But he, you know, just sucks. <laughs> Anybody want a dog? <laughs> Good old Luna just trying to interrupt again. So anyway, we want to – do you want to read the other scores while I try and find this? I'm, like, determined to figure out which game that was, but I'm having You should just go to your own schedule. Technology. There it is. <laughs> but, yeah, I'll, re- I'll read through the, real, yeah, the yeah. other scores real quick. So uh, Taya, Zach's uh, – I want to call her your girlfriend just because I know it'll make her mad. Because every time I've said that, she's always like, fiance. Yes, she'll have some <laughs> choice words for you. So Taya, Zach's fiance, beat Dean uh, 228 and 199. Um, I'm going to have to say this because, you know, I kind of felt bad, but I didn't really feel bad. But I'm glad DJ Chark Jr. or Ronald Jones finally did something for didn't her. did Chark Jr. have a pretty good game? 41 this- points. Yeah, he went off so finally. So I feel like because – before on the Thursday night game, I, I looked at it. Aaron Rodgers, since that trade happened, had scored more points in just the Thursday night game than those two players did combined since the trade. Yeah, I know. I kept telling her every single week, I'm like, hey, don't you love how you traded Aaron Jones or uh, Aaron Rodgers to Matt? And he's just scored like fucking 50 fantasy points but I mean, every single week. I mean, at the same that. time, though, it's like all she would have done was take those points away from somebody. That's true. She, they would have just been on her bench got, for the um, most part. Yeah. You know, so. It, it's not hurting her in the long yeah. run. And, and I'm just happy someone produced. So, she, you know, it wasn't like people like, oh, that's such unfair. I mean, you know, she didn't have to accept. But I was just happy that someone did something good for her. And well, it wasn't against me. She so. needed help elsewhere in the lineup. And she wasn't really giving up anything to get that. So it, right. I, I still she, think she it was a good anything. move for her. It just it just looks it really just lopsided. Takes, Aaron, yeah. Aaron Rodgers is just throwing for four touchdowns every week and like 400 yards. Yeah. So you're like, okay. It helps that he got Devontae Adams back. Yeah. Uh, so so she won. She moves to five and four as well, and mo- moves Dean down to three and six. Uh, and then uh, we had a Darian get another win, uh, move him to two and seven, moving Brandon Stevens down to three and six with a two seventeen one eighty six. So Darian's moving up in the world. Darian's moving up. He's one game back from uh, from Dean and and Brandon Stevens. So <laughs> look out, world! With two wins. And then uh, Brandon losing his second straight in a row to uh, the other Zach, 221-209. So nothing like super crazy this week in terms of fantasy scoring besides our game. Um, most of them are pretty average. I mean, you could say a couple people scored below average, but it was a pretty average week and, you know, close-ish games, I guess you could say. I mean... So you want to hear... I found out that other week that... Because you know how we were talking about... It was about, probably against me, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. <laughs> so week two... Get a load of this. Week two against Matt, my team put up 287 points. 
And then we matched up again all the way this past week in week nine, and my team put up 295 points. Right, in week two, I had lost Michael (laughs) Thomas, Devontae Adams, and Julio Jones, I believe. All three of them were out. Yeah. And I scored like six points. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm like I said, I'm, I'm still feeling good about where my team's at. Seven and two, best record in the league. Um, you know, I'm not trying to get cocky or anything because I, I will admit I was, I was pretty much assuming I was going to lose to you this week after the Thursday night games. I was like, well, I, dude, I saw that. I'm like, I'm not going to text him and just – I that was the other thing too. I texted about Zach and Brandon's game because it was one to two, and I was like – That was pretty funny. That was cracking Nice up. tight ends, guys. Like, yeah. Solid work. But yeah, I was I was honestly just like, well, I guess I'm gonna lose this week and move to what it would have been six and three, but um, right, I would have moved to six and three. You would have moved to six and three, and Brandon yeah. would move to six and three. I would have come from one and three all the way to six and three on a five yeah. game win streak. To yeah, but then Sunday's games rolled around and Deshaun Watson balled out, Drew Brees balled out, Dalvin Cook balled out. So I yeah, well I, I, mean, I was I was happy with the performances on my team. I'm so. gonna read this to you real quick. We have Brandon Stevens is three and six, and we talked about this before we started this. He has only had people score one thousand nine hundred nine points against him, and he's three and six. Yeah. I, on the other hand, am five and four, and people have scored the most points against me. <laughs> Two thousand one hundred and ninety four points have been scored against me. So everybody's teams go off when they play against me. I mean, you've you've accounted for over five hundred points. Yeah, just me in alone. two matchups. In two matchups. And I, that's 116 points more than the next closest team, which is a Darian, who is the worst team in the league. Yeah. I am the third best team in the league. So it's kind of a miracle that you're honestly, your record is this good because you well, have so many points scored against you. But then when you look at it, I have the second most amount of points behind you. You have 2,308 because you yeah. scored 6,000 against me, <laughs> and I have 2,085. Yeah, so, I mean. Yeah. I'm the second highest scoring, but I also am the worst in terms of people's teams just go off against me. Yeah. I mean, Which it's is just, never a good feeling because it's just every time you're watching your fantasy matchups that week, you're like, oh, okay, here we go. Well, it was like Dalvin Cook. I'm like, ah, uh, he, he's, you know, hopefully he, he comes back down. All of a sudden it's like seven carries, 98 yards, and a touchdown. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. He's, Can someone tackle this He's guy? having a beast. And then all of a sudden, it's like nine carries for 178 yards and a touchdown. And I'm like, wait, what? And they're like, yeah, you had a 63-yard touchdown run. I'm like, I'll just go <clears throat> fuck myself real quick. Yep. But, but, yeah, I mean, so, you know, it is a miracle, but my team is solid despite making 32 moves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wanted to talk about that real quick, too. So, the record, the standings in the league – are pretty hilarious to look at because I am the best team in the league at seven and two, and I've made six total moves this year in terms of like acquisitions or trades or whatever. A Darian has made two moves less than me. He's the only other person in single digits. He's made four moves, and he's the last team in the league. He's two and eight or two and seven. Two and seven, yeah. And then <laughs> you and Brandon Stevens' team continue to be the most active general managers of your teams. You have 32 moves, and Brandon Stevens' team has 36 moves. Everyone else is somewhere in the teens. Teens to high teens. All right. You know what's funny, though, about this is I, like, cycle through the same players. Like, I acquired McCole Hardman in that trade, and as soon as that trade went through, Sunday morning I dropped him and picked someone else up. Yeah. Now he's back on my roster. Yeah. 
So I just you cycled make so through many acquisitions. Like, it's unbelievable. I, I just barely touched my roster. I've I, lost, I hardly ever do anything. I've lost track of like what day it was today. So I didn't even put any moves in last night. So I'll have to go in and check and be like, oh, I can add this guy now. Because there's some players on my team that I need to replace. Uh-huh. So probably by the start of games tomorrow, I'll have made at least two or three more changes. Yep. That, but so then again, they're not... But they're not like huge changes. If you look at like my quarterbacks and my receivers and my running backs, they're all constant. It's those fucking flex players and tight ends that when like like Noah Fant, he gets hit once and he comes up hobbly on his ankle. I'm like, fuck. So I start looking yeah. at tight ends. Yeah. And then, you know, Chris Carson's been out. And so I like look to replace him, but I don't drop any big names. I'm like, oh, I'll just recycle this guy. It's, it's just, just really it's really fascinating to look at the amount of moves that each person makes because if you look at the second best team in the league is Brandon. He's made 19 moves compared to my six. But also you have to think too, your team has been, you know, and, and I'm hopefully going to jinx you, but your team's been relatively healthy through the relatively, season. Relatively, yeah. I'm, I've, I mean, I've started to get a few injuries here and there, like Aaron Jones and Dalvin Cook right, are both but, hurt. But Calvin miss Ridley's or, hurt They'll now. miss one or two games. Yeah. I was out Michael Thomas from the first half of week one until yeah. this past week. Mm-hmm. Julio Jones has been banged up. Devontae Adams has been banged up. Banged up. Chris Carson's been banged up. Noah Fant's been banged up. Yeah. Like, my entire team has died. <laughs> Emmanuel Sanders has been banged up. Like, But the, the funny part is you haven't even been dropping those guys. You've been no, Hanging on to I've, him and cycling I literally out just all these cycle guys, out yeah. all these guys. So my entire bench is zeros because they all hurt. So I'm like replacing. <laughs> you're, you're looking for all this value in. on plug and play for like flex guys. And you're just looking to squeeze out 10 points here. And then and there, it works. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I'm like, well, shit, I have no one else to go after because you've literally. It's all dog shit people. I mean, <laughs> you've like. You've acquired everyone at a certain like point. Like the tight ends in our mm-hmm. league right now, you look at it and you're like, well, it's impossible I to hope, find tight ends. I hope I don't have a tight end get hurt because. If I do, I'm fucked. It's impossible. There's there's basically two or three of them that are good, and that's it. That's basically it. Well, and then then like one- I think at the beginning of the year, I said there was like five or six tight ends in in the league that are good in fantasy football. That was probably being generous. Well, yeah, I mean, we talked about this too. Yeah, we're like you have Travis Kelsey, um, Zach Ertz, but he hasn't done shit this year that I've seen. Yeah, and well, Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard for and Philly, Dallas but Goddard. both of them have been hurt too, and they haven't been right. doing much. So, but. For the sake of our five, yeah. we had Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's see, it. See, off the top of your head, it's hard to come up with like who are the other good tight ends. Like, you know who's actually been playing? Mark well? Andrews. Yeah, Mark Andrews is really good. Um, T.J. Hawkinson for Detroit, Hawkinson, who I've had yeah. on my team, he's, he's been, been playing good. pretty well. And you know who's actually been scoring a decent amount of points this year is Jimmy Graham. Jimmy, yeah, dude, the like he should have never left. Surprising, actually. He shouldn't. We thought Jared Cook would do a lot more. Yeah. He's he's pretty steady. He's yeah. not like a, you know, who's actually come in to light that I absolutely despise of is Rob Gronkowski. But yeah, he's, the, he's the come dude back was was literally bit, nothing yeah. for the first you yeah. know, quarter of the Basically season. Basically non-existent, and now he exists. You used to. Patriots Rob Gronkowski was included in that conversation of oh, yeah. five best tight ends. He, probably he was the usually best tight end. top yeah. two, if him, not Him three. and Travis Kelsey is probably between those right. two guys. And then yeah. you could throw Zach Ertz in there. Yeah. But then, yeah, I mean, in terms of other tight ends to really go for, I mean. There's just not much Oh, out there. George Kittle. Okay, yeah, forget okay. George yeah, Kittle. Because yeah, yeah. you could throw him in top three yeah, argument, yeah. too, when he's healthy. But now he's on the IR. So. But then and that's the thing, too, is then – so there's already this very, very, very short list of good tight ends who are good in fantasy football. And then with all the injuries this year, 
two or three of them get hurt. Now you're down to right. three or four of them, maybe. And, and it's then like you, you try and replace them, and then they just cycle in 15 tight ends. Yeah. And you're like, well, fuck me. My it's, guy it's, only played yeah. six snaps. Whereas- What's even harder than trying to figure out who the backup running back is to pick on a team if the starter has gotten hurt is who the backup tight end is to pick. Because there's always like a couple of them, two, three maybe right. of them, and the, the starter will get hurt. And you're like, okay. One of these guys is going to go off, and then sure enough, you pick the guy that gets one point, and then the other guy goes off for 28, has two touchdowns or something. So that's just how it goes. Dude, it's just, I mean, tight end, you would think would be like a a sought-after position in this day and age in football. And, I mean, Noah Fant's coming in. Like, he's still got some growing pains he's going to have to go through. Noah looks pretty good out there, though. I think he's he's going to be good. He's going to be good. Albert O, unfortunately, got hurt, but he's looking promising for the Broncos, too. And but yeah, I mean the tight end position is just like, am I gonna have to change our roster next year to just one tight end and then fucking yeah. add another flex position in? Because it's tight, so if hard. You, if you have two good tight ends, like, yeah, it's it's an anomaly. You should win every week in yeah. terms of a tight end battle. Because if you can get, let's say, forty points or just shy of forty points out of your tight ends, that alone, if the rest That's of your phenomenal. team just does okay, you're gonna win most right. games. Because most people. You know, if you can get twenty else, points out of your tight ends, right. you're like, oh, total, all right, total, solid week, yeah. solid week. Because mo- most everyone else has spread throughout their lineup all these other guys that will be blowing up, like their their quarterbacks, for example, or their receivers, or they have one beast of a running back, and that's where they rely on their points. And then they get five and two out of both of their tight ends. Right. You know, that's how it normally goes. So if you can get fifteen and twenty or something like that, I mean, that's I'm thrilled when that stuff happens. Oh yeah, thrilled. I see like Mark Andrews, and I'm like. Just catch a touchdown. Get eight points this <laughs> yeah. week, and I'll be I'll be <laughs> just happy. begging for like somewhere around ten. You're like, or, thank you. Or you know, like tight ends are usually like short short yardage, you know, yeah. receivers, and they get like eight receptions for thirty yards. I'm like, hey, you know what? Eight receptions. You could have gotten yeah. ten yards. I'd have been okay with eight yeah, receptions. Yeah. Just don't fumble. Yeah, just but getting that many targets is good. The tight ends in our league just or in the league just suck. Yeah, and so um, week ten matchups for fantasy. I'm playing Dean. Looks like you are playing my fiance Taya. Your girlfriend, yep. <laughs> and Brandon Stevens is playing Zach, and Adarian's playing Brandon Worldwald. So, um, I don't know. Dean's team's pretty scrappy. I'm thinking I'm, I'm, you know, I don't obviously don't want to jinx myself, but I'm pretty confident going into that matchup. I'm not as worried about it as I was about playing you because you were on a, you know, hot streak, four game win streak. Well, dude, and my team's team is, finally healthy, so they can pop off yeah, at any. So given I was time. really concerned. So I was super relieved to get to win that game. But watch, I'll probably lose against Dean, and his team won't even play that well. That's how it goes. <laughs> as long as it's not the first week of the playoffs. Yeah. Again, so we got four four weeks left in fantasy, so it's kind of. Coming four, down to the wire. Now four regular season weeks nine, left. Nine weeks down, four weeks in the regular season, and then we're into the playoffs. Time so. to get healthy. <laughs> yep. Time to bench all your players and get healthy. <laughs> now, then you really hope all your players are, like, in the playoff contention to where their teams need to keep playing well because other yeah. – like, some people will start to play younger guys to get them experience, and you're like, no, fuck no, no, yeah, no, no. Like, and then you're, like, trying to build a roster of these young dudes, and you're like – and they're like, yeah, they got uh, 17 targets with one catch for three yards. And you're like, yeah. oh, 17 targets <laughs> That's for one really catch? That's really going to help me out in fantasy. Thank you. But, but yeah, Should I mean. touch on the NFL stuff? Migrate over to that Yeah, real quick? let's go uh, hit the good old NFL scores. So right. starting it off, uh, our yeah, Denver Broncos it? decided to try and make the Atlanta Falcons lose yet another big lead. Tried to, um, yeah, tried to come back in the fourth quarter. They, I don't know. Our Broncos offense, we 
they show glimpses of like this team, this offense could be, you know, a power, not a powerhouse, but a very consistent, good, you know, high scoring offense. And then they show glimpses of, holy shit, am I watching a fucking D19 school out there trying to just run the ball once? Well, so through three quarters, we had six points. Right. And those were on two different field goals. And then in the fourth quarter, we had 21 points in the Again, fourth quarter alone. back-to-back weeks, we've had 21 points in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Brandon mentioned this. It's almost like Drew Locke and the Broncos are just trying to pull the Tim Tebow years. Where yeah. they just don't Tebow do shit time. for three quarters, three and a half quarters. And then with like eight minutes left in the fourth they quarter, just decide to score. Yeah, like three touchdowns in a row. So it's it's really stressful to watch games like that. And, you know, it's it's kind of funny. You have on one side of the token, the Broncos trying to pull the Tebow comeback, you know, the Tebow time stuff in the fourth quarter. And then on the other hand, you're like, well, here we go. Falcons again trying to just right. give away a lead. And this is like the perfect storm of, and you know, maybe the Broncos are going to have this late game comeback. And then they try. Everyone can chalk it up to another Falcons just choke job. And we couldn't pull it off. We, we tried, but we couldn't pull it off. Which, so. I mean, it sucks because. I think the Falcons were a very beatable team for us. Very and, beatable, And it was yeah. a, a game just, that yeah. on our schedule, had we won, I think bumps us into realistic playoff capabilities at 4-4. Four and four. I mean, I would put us at 500. So we would have been right on the edge of that playoff, especially if they expand it. And now we're down to 3-5, and five, which we're still not out of it. But, man, we've lost super close games. And then – you wait so long in this to, to try and come alive. That was and the frustrating just, part, yeah. It's like, why know, wait? Do we really have to wait three quarters to finally start scoring some right. points? And, and you know, had we just played like we did in the fourth quarter the past two weeks to start the game, yeah, we would have easily beat the Chargers. We would have mm-hmm. easily beat the Falcons. Or maybe not easily, but we would have beat them and not on the last second ditch effort against the Chargers or trying a last second ditch effort against the Falcons. Right. And... I'm hoping they come into light, but because I'm, you know, I'm optimistic about Drew Locke. He's got all the weapons that you need to be successful. But Jerry Judy's dropping balls left and right. I mean, he's not helping anybody out. He had a good game though this past week. He did, but he still dropped some balls he should have caught. And it, he I went mean, for seven catches, 125 yards, and a touchdown. So right, that's but but probably he, the best game he's played this year. Oh yeah, but he has more drops this year than he does receptions. Yeah, that's not great. So. You know, if he starts if he starts breaking out of that, you know, rookie slump coming to it, Drew Locke can find a way to get the ball to the right player and not just fucking throw random shit or take stupid sacks. We can get Philip Lindsay running again. I mean, sure, our offense will start helping our defense out, but I was a little disappointed that um, Philip Lindsay didn't have a bigger game. I don't know what was going on there. I don't know if we weren't giving him enough touches. Like if he was, did we never give him enough hurt touches? Why not, does like were they were they being cautious or something well they put melvin gordon in and melvin gordon is just dog shit yeah i just overpaid pile of dog shit if anything when philip Lindsay gets in there he's a spark to the offense you know what i mean even if he's not running well he just comes in with so much energy and passion that it's a spark right to everything that's going on out there and i feel like it's a positive benefit no matter how well he's playing or not which most of the time he's playing really well right he he missed like one block but at the same time drew lock could have stepped up into the pocket and had more time instead of stepping back into the player yeah so i I just i came away from that game wondering why we didn't give him more touches it just seemed weird that he was i don't know if they were concerned about his concussion from last week that's kind of what i was wondering is like have some of his past injuries this year were they just worried about him and not giving him that many touches or something i couldn't really figure it out i don't know 
But, yeah, the Broncos lost 34-27. Going back to Thursday night, though, the Packers beat the 49ers 34-17. I think that was kind of expected. The Packers are looking like a powerhouse again this year. And the 49ers are just – I mean, I know they've been hit hard by the the injury bug, but, man, they are looking – not so hot. So yeah. that was the Thursday night game. Um, we I know we jumped straight into the Broncos game Sunday, forgetting about Thursday. But uh, yeah, you know, yeah, we'll get that game in. Don't worry. <laughs> also on Sunday, the the Bills beat the Seahawks 44-34, 78 total points. What a high scoring game. Which, um, to be honest, kind of surprised me. I would have picked the Seahawks in this matchup, but I picked the Bills. You know, good for the Bills. The Bills are definitely a legit team. They're legit, they, but so are the look, Seahawks. Right, both Seahawks teams are, are pretty damn good. Yeah, well, and the Seahawks tried to come back. I, I saw they were down, they, you know, they were down twenty four ten, and then they slowly started to come back. But the the Bills just didn't go away. So, um, you know, good for the Bills. I, I could see both those teams in, in the Super Bowl possibly. I mean, it's not out of the realm. They're both strong teams on offense, and if they, you know, like they keep saying, if the Seahawks can just figure something out defensively, they'd become my favorite to come out of the NFC. So, yeah. Um, you know, moving on to the the Bears Titans. Titans uh, beat the Bears twenty four seventeen. Move them to six and two, and the Bears down to five and four. Um, I didn't get to catch any of these games because I was in the middle of the mountains. But yeah, it just looks like it was a defensive game. The Bears offense has sucked for multiple years, and it looks like they're going to continue that streak. They they scored all seventeen of their points in the fourth quarter. They pulled the Broncos. They pulled the Broncos, but uh, they came up short. So. Um, you know, that was another game. Then the Ravens-Colts was a lot better game. You know, the Ravens really haven't played the way the Ravens played last year. This so, year. yeah, I was talking with Brandon about this. And, you know, the Ravens are 6-2. and two, And I think we talked about this last time. Lamar Jackson has not been playing anywhere near the level mm-hmm. of football he was playing when he won the MVP. And they're not playing as anywhere near the level that they could be playing as a team right. either. And while that is a little bit concerning, it's still – I mean, it's hard to not just point at the record and go, well, something's working, clearly. Right. I mean, they're playing they're still good, good enough. Team. You know what I mean? I just – I'm wondering – it seems like at this point in the season, they should be coming alive more and clicking better. Right. You eight, know what I mean? I think through your – or I guess before this week, they would be seven games through. Yeah. You would think that – You would think a- that – like Lamar Jackson would be playing a little bit better and his stats would look a little more gaudy because we're used to seeing that kind of stuff from him and it's just not. But as long as they keep doing enough to win, that's really all that matters. I mean, hey, if you don't come alive in the middle of the season but you come alive in the playoffs, it's really all that matters. Yeah, exactly. So They're doing enough to get themselves there and the Colts aren't a bad team. Um, You know, the Colts-Titans is going to be a a good battle for the, the AFC South, so... Um, they're definitely a team to watch, but Phillip Rivers for them hasn't been playing very well. But again, their defense is carrying them. So, mm-hmm. as you know, Broncos fans, we saw defense wins championships. So, uh, then there's the Panthers, Chiefs. Panthers are a team being slept on with a three and six record. They two point game against the Chiefs, thirty three thirty one, and they were winning through you know the first three quarters pretty much. Um, and I think they fell short on a two point conversion. Um, I think they scored. They were down 16. They scored a touchdown, got the two point, and then I think they scored another touchdown, but then missed the two point, which would have uh, tied okay. the game. Um, so the Chiefs held on to win. Uh, right now, the Chiefs are the team in the AFC to beat. Yeah. I don't see a, uh, an AFC team really Mahomes, able to stop them. Mahomes had just another monster day 30 of 45, 372 yards, and four touchdowns. Yeah, so. I mean, people are already. So this would have to be a different episode because. One, I don't agree with it, but people are like, 
Patrick Mahomes is the GOAT already. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, let's pump our brakes. Uh, yeah, I just because he just that. signed a 10-year, half-billion-dollar deal doesn't mean he's a GOAT already. If he wins five more Super Bowls, then talk to me. Even if he wins three more <laughs> Super Bowls, you you got to elevate him into that. But it's one of those things, like, I saw that, and I'm like, all right, he's definitely going to be in the top three quarterbacks every year for his career, more than likely. Yeah. But that doesn't elevate him into GOAT status. He's got one MVP, one Super Bowl win. Let's pump our brakes. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a young player. He's beyond talented. But I saw that, and I'm like, guys – Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's recency whoa. bias. That happens all the time in sports. But, I mean, I saw it. I'm like, he's great. I'm, if, if you argue against Patrick Mahomes not being great, then you don't understand sports. I hate the Chiefs. Just like I hate the Lakers. LeBron's great. Patrick Mahomes is great. It sucks to play against them because you know who they are and you know how they're going to play. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, he's great. He's great. Yeah, I just I, think it sucks to play against that's them. extremely premature to have you have. Right. I saw that and I'm like, ah, maybe not. Moving on, though. The Vikings beat the Lions 34-20 thanks to Dalvin Cook going for 22 carries, 206 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, he can go fuck himself. He also had a receiving touchdown, I believe. So, uh, yeah, you know, Vikings move to 3-5. and five, Thank you, Dalvin And the Cook. Lions go to 3-5. and five. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that division's kind of interesting. You have the really just the, the Packers because the Bears have lost, I think, three or four in a row. So, you know, another shitty division ran by one team. And then we go to dumpster fire. The Giants moving to two and seven against the two and six. Six Washington football team, 23-20. Um, my only takeaway from this game is I'm glad Alex Smith is back. You know, that gruesome injury he he had. It was not fun to look at. Mm, yeah. But I don't know if you saw that uh I think it's Kyle Allen who played for the Broncos last year. Yeah. He suffered a nasty ankle injury, like oh, really? broken, like Dak Prescott looking type injury. Oh no. So that's what made Alex Smith come in. Um and you know, I'm glad Alex Smith is back. Dude goes from almost losing his leg to now being back to playing yeah, that's, football that's at the cool. highest level. So I'm happy for him. So I'm happy for him. Um, but you know, we'll see what that does for Washington moving forward. And another dumpster fire, the um, now 2-6 and six Texans beat the now 1-7 and seven Jaguars, 27-25. <laughs> Nothing to say about this game. Um, just terrible. Terrible teams. <laughs> it's terrible. And then the you know another AFC uh, West matchup with the Raiders-Chargers. Raiders beat the Chargers 31-26. The Chargers are that team that they seem to have all this talent and all this you know, skill, and they just suck. Like, they have not win a game. two games in a row that were really close. They lost by one to the Broncos, and then they lost by five to the Raiders. Well, and, so, and, and those are both division rivals. That's That hurts up, That's That sucks. So when they lost to the Broncos, then the week before, I believe they also gave up a 21-point lead to lose that game. So they're oh, just so losing really it's leads. So three in a row, yeah. Losing leads to lose games. and Might as well call them the Falcons at this right, point. Right. I mean, shit, they suck. And then an extremely interesting game in the afternoon. Yes. The Steelers-Cowboys. The Cowboys were winning all the way down until I think it was inside of the two-minute warning. Which is insane. Um, Steelers snuck a win out 24-19 you know, with 15 fourth-quarter points against the Dallas Cowboys to remain undefeated and keep the Cowboys at 2-7. and seven. <coughs> Holy cow, excuse me. Um, and they're playing against the Cowboys' fourth-string quarterback. That was and, remarkable that that game was that close. You know, it's uh, nothing to say there besides that kind of puts a question mark around the Steelers for me. A win's a win. you got to take them as they come, and it could have just been a bad week for them. But 
uh, a Cowboys team that hasn't looked that couldn't even win when Dak Prescott was going for 500 plus yards, only losing by five points. Yeah, it's definitely concerning, but I'm not going to overreact. I mean, they're eight and zero; they're the only undefeated team left in the league. Let's just chalk it up to not playing that well this week and see what they do. I mean, I mean, looking but at their schedule, it's just really weird that it was that close against right. a really, really terrible Cowboys. Team. I mean, I mean but the Cowboys the, are just not good. And, and looking at the Steelers' schedule, a lot of their games have been close. They, they beat have the Broncos close, by yeah. a one no, in a one possession game when we had our second string quarterback in. Mm-hmm. You know, the, and so a lot of their games have been close. But if you can win those close games, that shows say, if what anything, a great that's team probably is. a good sign that they're right. winning a bunch of close games. So. so they're still undefeated, the only undefeated team out there. So you know, good for the Steelers. We'll see if they can hang with with Kansas City because I really don't think there's a team. Maybe um, the Ravens could could give them a run at some point this year, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, and then another kind of surprising game for me, the Dolphins moving to 5-3 and three and making the Cardinals move down to 5-3 and three with a 34-31 win. Um, Kyler Murray's balling out this year. He's, he's playing great, so I'm glad I have him on my fantasy team. The Cardinals have been a lot better than I expected them to be. But uh, the Dolphins are 10 times better than I expected them to be, especially starting yeah. Tua. Um, so I was just going to say, too, we were mentioning <laughs> – Last time we did the podcast was Tua's first start with Miami, and or was that last podcast? Or I think yes, it was, wasn't it, it? Yeah, because his defense carried him to the win. Yeah. because against the Rams. Yeah. 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 Okay. And so we were talking about how basically non-existent he was in that game. He just didn't do hardly anything, which is fine. It's his first start. We'll give him a some win's time. a win. <laughs> well, against this game against the Cardinals in the thirty-four thirty-one win, he goes twenty of twenty-eight, two hundred and forty-eight yards and two touchdowns. So. Not really insane statistics that are just kind of blowing you out of the water like some Patrick Mahomes stuff, but really pretty solid. I mean, he had a quarterback rating of 122.3. Just mm-hmm. played a pretty damn good game. So, Hey, if you can manage the game, not turn the ball over, move the ball when you need to, score the points yeah. when you need to, who gives a shit what your stats are? There you go. Getting a win is all that matters. So, Dolphins. so he gets his first win in the NFL. Yep. Well, no, as, he, as won, a starter. he won last week against the Rams. Oh, right? yeah, okay, okay. So he's 2-0. Second He's one. undefeated, bro. Look out, world. <laughs> Uh, but no, so so uh, Cardinals and Dolphins. He's probably, in my opinion, <laughs> Dolphins Cardinals, uh, both five and three, um, both doing better than I expected to, and both should be in the playoffs. Um, you know, depending on what else happens. Moving on to Sunday night, the Saints absolutely. This was put a weird one. Walloping on the Buccaneers, thirty-eight-three. Yeah. So the, um, I think the two most confusing games of the weekend were Steelers Cowboys and then Saints Buccaneers. That was well, so that that was the one that I was mentioning going into Sunday night. Our game was actually pretty close in in, in fantasy. Yeah, it hinged on this game. And I am incredibly fortunate that the game ended up shaking out the way it did, where it was just a blowout by the Saints. And I'm also incredibly fortunate that it ended up a blowout by the Saints and it didn't go four touchdowns touchdowns to Michael Thomas. (laughs) Right. Because that would have changed our our fantasy result completely. Right. But, you know, yeah, 38-3, to I think – uh, Tom Brady threw what three interceptions, three interceptions in that game or something like that. Got me that. negative one points in my other league. Yeah, apparently they just couldn't do anything. I I only watched a little bit of the first quarter and then I was on to doing other stuff. But um, yeah, that's a really lopsided win. I mean, I was ex- I think most people in the football world were expecting a pretty close competitive. Yeah, like game, the first game here. Was, yeah. we were expecting. So and it just I don't know what happened to the Buccaneers, but they only put up three points and then three points in the fourth quarter. And lose thirty-eight to three to the Saints. Saints are now six and two. Buccaneers are now six and three. So, which I will say, this game 
was huge for the Saints because now they have a 2-0 record against the Buccaneers in the division. So they have the tiebreaker over the Buccaneers. So if they can even just stay head-to-head, the Buccaneers will get the wild card and the Saints will – well, they could still get the wild card game technically, but they won't – they'll win the division. So that was a big game, and the Saints definitely uh, – they're putting their big boy pants on now, and Michael Thomas is back, so uh, – Let's hope he stays healthy. And-, and another thing that's also fun to watch the rest of the year, I'm pretty sure, because they were doing some graphics about it right before the game started, I'm pretty sure Drew Brees and Tom Brady yeah. are just neck and neck right they, now in terms they of the all-time lead for touchdown They passes. were alternating yeah. earlier in the season, yeah. and then at this game, or Drew Brees took it, the lead last week. Yeah. And then in this game, I go watch It'll be like Tom Brady will throw two, then Drew will throw one, so then they're tied. And then like Tom Brady will throw two, and Drew will throw two, so he remain tied. And then Drew comes in and throws four, and Tom Brady's like, I'm just going to throw three picks. <laughs> so now Drew Brees is yeah. in the lead. Yeah. And, you know, it's it, funny it, because <clears throat> this is one of those games. You know how we talked about Patrick Mahomes being the GOAT. I've seen things where they're like, did Tom Brady just hit his wall? Is, you know, are we seeing the end of Tom Brady? I'm like – been one bad game the dude yeah he kind of struggled a little bit this year but he's he's found rhythm Which and then he's had a bad game so hilarious that those narratives <sighs> are being thrown out there after a game like this when just last week you and i were having the conversation about you know who's having more success now that right. belichick and brady have split up and that's been the whole narrative all season about all oh, every game I, I don't know who was it who said it but they're like every single game you know, Brady going to the Buccaneers is looking better and better, and Belichick being with the Patriots is looking worse and worse. And now here you go. Brady has one bad game, and everyone's like, oh, my God, is he washed up? Right. Is and, he and, just the worst quarterback ever? You know, it's like, oh, my God. Moving into the next game, the Patriots get in the win column with a 30-27 win over the Jets. Yeah, not impressive. Just scraping by. They, they the win with the last Jets, second yeah. field goal, but – you know, now everyone's like, oh, the Patriots are back. And I'm like, let's pump our brakes. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not overreact to a lot of this shit. They just beat the worst team in the NFL by only three points on the last second because the Jets made a mistake on defense. Yeah, the Patriots are still struggling mightily. I'm I'm pretty concerned about them still. I'm not. I'm happy. Uh, I just, yeah, I don't know what's going on with them. I, I mean, I think the biggest problem, obviously losing Brady is a huge hit to the offense, but I think the biggest problem is that they just need some skill position players on that team that can do something. Well, and, and like we <clears throat> talked about, or maybe I brought it up uh, last week, they sold out to win Super Bowls. They were trading picks when they needed to. They were you know, not bringing young talent in because they were signing the old, like the Broncos. We sold out to, to win Super Bowls. We we gave all this money to old guys to come in, or not old guys, but veterans to come in and make that last push, and we won. And then you saw when all that talent leaves, we just didn't have any young players that were ready to step up. Mm-hmm. And that's what you see with the Patriots right now is they sold out to win Super Bowls. It worked, and now they're in this rebuild stage where you know you're you're trying to find the right pieces, but it's going to take a year to before you can truly mesh and and get back to you know, playoff contention. So, you know who I've been disappointed in as well recently is Cam Newton. I was, you know, at the beginning of the year, we were talking about, you know, the Cam Newton going to New England move. And I was talking about how excited I was for Cam. You know, I'm a big Cam Newton fan. I was really disappointed in the way he finally, his, you know, era in Carolina ended and I, I really believed that he had more in the tank. And I thought that the Patriots were a perfect landing spot for him. I thought it was going to work really, really well. And it just hasn't. It hasn't. So I don't know what's going on there. I was, you know, I was talking with a buddy of mine the other day. 
I think that there's just something. Did he have surgery on his throwing shoulder? Because didn't he have surgery Honestly, on one of his shoulders? I don't know. The way he releases the ball now looks. It almost looks like he's in pain when he's throwing the ball. Like the way he throws it and the release of the ball coming out of his hand, it doesn't look the way it used to look when you would watch him play for the Panthers. Like it just doesn't have the same snap to it. And I don't know. He's definitely got a weird. um... And he doesn't throw any balls more than about 10 yards down the field. Have you noticed that? Like all they do is throw out routes and stuff. It's that's. He's, He's got a weird. I don't know. To me, he's got like this weird feeling to him. Ever since Super Bowl 50, you're in the Super Bowl, right? And I know we're going kind of deviating off, but he fumbles, and then you see him act like he's going to dive for it and then come back from diving for it, and everyone goes, well, he's trying to avoid being injured. And I go, but you're in the Super Bowl. You might never come back to this game, you know? And ever since then, I mean, he just has kind of dropped from that team. Like that MVP caliber Cam Newton, he kind of dropped off. Yeah. And I don't I I don't know any answers to why. I mean, I don't know if maybe he's mentally kind of checked out or or what, but you know, yeah, it's it's weird. And it, and it doesn't seem right, but you know, he plays for the Patriots, so I don't care. Just fuck the Patriots. I was trying to look for I found this whole article about his injury history. I was trying to figure out if he's had surgery on that throwing shoulder or not, but like I said, it just Something about the way he's releasing the ball, it looks like he's just in pain when he does it or something. Or something's not quite right when he's releasing the ball now. It doesn't look natural. Yeah. And I don't know. You know, he is getting older. He's been in the league a little while. And maybe he is just, you know, I I think it's not – I think it's totally fair to say he's past his prime at this point. But I just really thought that this experiment in New England was going to go a lot better. And like I said last time, it still might. Um, yeah, maybe we just need to over. give him, maybe, you know, if, if let's see how the rest of the year finishes and see if he sticks around and plays another year there. We'll see. I, I really just think the biggest thing they need there is some other pieces on offense. So I, I just, he has no one to throw to. And yeah, it's not much you can do with that, you know? No. So, so that's, yeah, that's this week. Um, I guess we'll do a quick rundown. I want to bring something up to you that I know me, you, and Brandon talked about a while ago. Okay. Um, let's just do a quick. Schedule rundown for uh, Week 10's games. Um, I know tomorrow night we have the Colts-Titans. Should be a good game. Followed by Texans-Browns, Washington Lions, Jaguars-Packers, Eagles-Giants, Buccaneers-Panthers, Broncos-Raiders, Chargers-Dolphins, Bills-Cardinals, Seahawks-Rams, 49ers-Saints, Bengals-Steelers, Ravens-Patriots, and ending on Monday with the Vikings and Bears. On bye this week, you have the Falcons, Cowboys, Chiefs, and Jets. Um, so that's the upcoming week. Um, and what I wanted to bring up, Brandon, you and myself talked about this years ago. We debated who was better in college and who was going to be better in the pros between Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston. Looking at it, I the, way, the way I measure success is – Obviously, by winning, you know, if if LeBron James never won an NBA championship, he'd be like Charles Barkley. He'd be like the greatest player to never win. But could you put him in the greatest player ever category with never winning? Probably not. Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota are both backup quarterbacks. They did not pan out. 
I was gonna ask you where Mariota was. He's and the I just Raiders. It up. He's the Raiders backup. Yep, and Winston is the backup for the Saints. It's just weird. Yeah, and it's just a random thought that came into my mind. We don't have to get too deep into it, but we were arguing two Heisman quarterbacks. No longer, I mean, they're in the league, but no longer really relevant right now. Yeah, that was. I remember when they were both coming out of college. That was a big discussion amongst college football fans. Right. Do you and pro pick football Winston fans. or Mariota? Yeah. Who, who is it? Who's going to be the better? And I picked Mariota. Guy? I think I leaned. I can't remember. You exactly and Brandon how both that, kind of leaned towards yeah, Winston. I, I leaned more towards Winston, from what I can remember. I don't exactly remember what my sentiments were at that time, but I think I was leaning more towards Jameis Winston, and really. I think I still, you know, if I went back, I would still go with that decision. Um, He just had such a turnover problem. And he never could get it figured out. He just never could. So I was trying to pull up their career stats just to do some comparison. Um, So... Do me a favor, pull up Jameis Winston's stats because okay, I got Marcus I literally just stats pulled, right here. Okay. I literally just typed in him. So. <laughs> all right, all right. So we can, we, I'll read you Mariota's and then you can read me Jameis yeah, Winston's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me so, get to the profootballreference.com. Okay. Yeah, my, I'm just on ESPN right now, so I'll read you some stuff from there. But so These, these are just going to be overall, by the way, for his career. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at too. Um, wait, wait, wait. Let me see. So this they have it broken down. Passing, rushing, receiving, yada, yada, yada. So for passing... So I, I guess I didn't realize he's not even – they haven't been in the league that long. Cause they, did they both come out the same year? Was it 2015? Mm-hmm. I think they were 1-2. Wow. So only five years in the league, really, as like bona fide starters. So here's passing stats for Marcus Mariota's career and his five-year NFL career. Um, 63 games. He had – let's see – a 62.9 completion percentage for 13,207 yards, 76 touchdowns, 44 interceptions for a overall quarterback rating of 89.6. What was his total yards? Total yards was 13,207. Okay. That's passing. So, Jameis Winston played in uh, he's played in what let's see he started 70 of 73 games he's 28 and 42 is a is his record he's 1564 and of 2549 so a 61.4% completion percentage with 19749 yards 121 touchdowns and 88 interceptions <laughs> what's his quarterback rating do they have his, that his uh Quarterback rating, it looks like, is an 86.9. Okay, and he's been so, sacked 169 times for minus 1,075 yards. So they actually have, just as you ran through it real quick, very comparable statistics in terms of, you said his completion percentage was what? Uh, there's too many numbers on the screen. 61.4. Yeah, and Marcus Mariota is 62.9. Very comparable. Um, he's Marcus Mariota has been sacked 155 times, and that's really close to what 169. Was 169. Uh, Marcus Mariota's overall quarterback rating is 89.6. And you said Jameis was what? Like what? Like 86.9. There you go. So, But the key difference that I heard, total passing yards for Mariota throughout his career, 13,207. How many does Winston 19, have? 19,749. Yeah. And he has way more touchdowns. So Marcus Mariota only had 76 touchdowns. 121. Yeah. But how many interceptions? 44. To 88. Yeah. So Jameis Winston had double. So Jameis Winston threw a 3.5% passer rating, 
<laughs> interception percentage. So every three and a half throws out of a hundred, he threw an interception. <laughs> and so, I'm pretty sure last year with the yeah last year with the the Buccaneers, he threw for five thousand one hundred and nine yards, thirty three touchdowns, and thirty interceptions. <laughs> and they went seven and nine because he turned the ball over so many times. I remember. He, wasn't he the first quarterback ever to 30, throw for 30. thirty touchdowns and thirty interceptions in yep. the same season? That's remarkable, dude. That's so he also really, got sacked forty seven times, <laughs> and he so, fumbled like a hundred times. <laughs> so we're going through the stats there, and really they had a very comparable career in terms of completion percentage, rating. Um, total rating, um, total sacks. You know, times they've been sacked, but. Jameis Winston had way more passing yards and way more touchdowns, but he also had double the amount of interceptions that Mariota did. He also only had a winning record one year while being the starter. Wow. And they went 9-7. and seven. See, other, other than that, he was 6-10. and 10, So this was his record. 6-10, and 9-7, and 3-10. So he must have gotten hurt that year. 9-6, and six, or 3-6, and six, sorry. Um, and then 7-9. and nine. So he got hurt in 2018 as well. So really, you know, if you could time travel back to us having that conversation about no who, who'd, who'd you rather have, Marcus Mariota or James Winston, really, yeah, it's it's six of one, half a dozen right. another. It doesn't make a difference. They're basically both going to play about five seasons as starters, be average at best to maybe just slightly above average at their best, and be backups. You know, oh, and, six and years here, here's rushing statistics for him real quick. Okay. So uh, same, you know, game started 70. He's rushed. 251 times for 1,041 yards, 10 touchdowns. Um, Almost the exact same as Mariota. He has, let's see, where's this? He's fumbled 50 times. Oh. Yeah. Okay, listen to this. So that's very comparable all the way up to the fumbles. <laughs> so, and I think, how many games did you say Jameis Winston has played? Jameis Winston's played 73, started 70 of them. Okay, so he's played about 10 games more than Mariota. In terms of rushing, Mariota's had 242 rushing attempts for 1,399 yards, which so is almost beaten. the exact same. Uh, Winston has 1,041 yards. Oh, okay, okay. So a couple hundred. And then 11 touchdowns So rushing. that's the exact same. Yeah, and then he's fumbled only 15 times. You said 50. <laughs> he said Winston's fumbled 55 or something? 50 times. God. That's oh he, my So you know God. how I told you he fumbled like a shit ton last year? He, yeah. So he threw for 30 interceptions and had 12 fumbles. He had 42 turnovers by himself in a 16-game regular season. Dude, that is remarkable. Uh, yeah. Well, so there you go. That's why both of these guys are now backups. I mean, they're both still good enough to be in the league, like definitely. I don't think anyone can argue that. But they're definitely not starters. They're, they're not the Heismans yeah. that everyone thought they were. It's just very interesting. Did they both win Heismans? Or were they both at one point just Heisman candidates? I believe they both won Heismans. So didn't Jameis win one? For sure. And then I, th I think, think Mariota, Mariota won, one, won well. one too. So, yeah, two former Heisman Trophy winners hey, who we'll, are now. We'll look it up real quick. Um, Just so Backups in the league. Which we should do a podcast episode one of these days. Jameis Winston, 2013. Marcus Mariota, 2014. Which is funny because go. the pictures right now are. Um, oh, okay. That's what it is. Never mind. The way Google had it laid out when I typed that in, it had Joe Burrow's name. And then next to like Derrick Henry was a picture of Joe Burrow. <laughs> and next to Marcus Mariota was a picture of Kyler Murray, then Baker Mayfield, then Lamar Jackson. So these are the these are the last we'll just do twelve real quick. Yeah, um, run them off. Heisman, Heisman, Heisman winners. Sam Bradford. Don't know if he's in the league anymore. 
Mark Ingram, still in the league, still playing well, but a little old. Cam Newton, having his issues. Mm-hmm. RG3, definitely having his issues, but still in the league as a backup for the Ravens. Johnny Manziel, gone. Uh, I would say having his issues <laughs> is probably an understatement his for issues Johnny Manziel. <laughs> with a lot of asterisks next to his name. Yeah, yeah. Jameis Winston in a, as a backup. Marcus Mariota as a backup. Derrick Henry tearing the league up as in a phenomenal running back. Yeah. Lamar Jackson starting to tear the league up yeah. but having a down year. Baker Mayfield, question mark. Kyler Murray starting to tear the league up. Joe Burrow coming in as off a rookie. To a pretty good off start. to a good yeah. start. So I think we should do an episode one of these days on – just that we'll we'll compile a big list of former Heisman Trophy winners who have just washed, washed out in out. the NFL because it is a long. We should do like list. Heisman in top five because you know going back to two thousand, you know we have like if I just go back to two thousand real quick. So Sam Bradford was two thousand and eight, um, but if we go back to two thousand, I can't see his name because stupid. There we go. Woo, Chris Winky or Winky. In 2000. Don't know who he is. <laughs> yeah, I don't Eric know. Eric Couch, or Crouch, sorry, in 2001. Never watched him play. Carson Palmer in 2002. Oh, he good, good Carson Palmer. Um, but, like, if we go back any further than that, I won't know anybody. But then, like, Jason White in 2003, Matt Leinert in 04, yeah. Troy Smith in 06, and then Tim Tebow in 07. So, I mean, we could go back to maybe 2000, and there might be some people who are like, next. <laughs> but, like, we could talk about some for sure. Yeah, I think that'd be... We well, should do like Tebow. Top. Tebow's on that list too, isn't right. he? Right. Yeah, he won it in 2007. Yeah. So he and just didn't have you know very underwhelming NFL career. So, but a fan favorite. A fan favorite. Yeah. I mean, just an overall great guy. Great guy. And, and and you know, if you ever want to do yourself a favor, just go watch Tim Tebow Florida highlights from college. <sighs> he has one of the most outstanding college careers of all time, hands down. He could arguably be the greatest college quarterback yeah. to ever play the game. Yeah. He might have had the best college career that any player's ever had. It's gross. And, you know, just didn't pan out in the NFL. But yeah, that'd be an interesting discussion. That's always one of those interesting things to go back and look on because, you know, Heisman Trophy is the best award you could possibly right. be awarded in college football and yet most of the guys who win that award don't end up being long-term success stories nope. in the nfl which is very interesting you know like you know what we could study. do we'll, we'll compile the the list of the the um nominees so like the ones the finalists for every year going back to that like 2000 be i think because i think at, it's yeah. three yeah and we'll be like he won but these other two guys are way more successful right so we, yeah. let's do there that we'll do that let's do that yeah you know, um, so wasn't it the year that Derrick Henry won? Wasn't Christian McCaffrey second place finisher or something like that? Or he was top three? Twenty fifteen, I think he was top three. He had the he set the record. I, I know think, he that finished year for all purpose. Yeah, yards. he set the record, the college football record for all purpose yards, and didn't win the Heisman. Right, I think he was runner up. Yeah, which it, it, and it was to Derrick Henry. Am I? I believe right about I'm. That? I'm, yeah. I'm trying to. Find I think it was him. Quick. Which. If that's the case, I mean, no one's wrong in that pick. You know what I mean? I mean, both of those guys have turned out to have really oh, phenomenal yeah. NFL careers so far. But, um, yeah, I remember just being pissed that year that McCaffrey lost because he just had such an outstanding well, he, season. He played but, so well, but, like... You know, Derrick Henry played Derrick for Bama. Derrick Henry played, yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you play for those, Bama, it, you, you're pretty much a shoe-in most of the time, it seems like. So. Um, Man, there's so much shit on here. All I want to do is find this. Well, in 2015, Jacksonville State upset Auburn. Just throw that out Just there. random fact of the day. Random fact is I'm trying to scroll through to find Heisman stuff. <gasps> Bulls, college football playoffs. That's when Bama beat Clemson 45-40 in the playoffs. 
Dude, Bama and Clemson just going back and forth. A couple of heavy ah, hitters. So, yep, that was the year. So, Derrick Henry beat Christian McCaffrey, and guess who the third player was? In 2015. In 2015. Clemson, Alabama championship game. Deshaun Watson? Yeah. Oh, so, shit, So, you really? had Deshaun Watson oh, third, wow. Christian McCaffrey stacked. second, Derrick Henry won. And uh, so, Derrick Henry won with 1,832 total I don't know the point system for that. I don't know, but he had 1,832 points. Christian McCaffrey had 1,539 points, and Deshaun Watson had 1,165. What a stacked Heisman yeah. finalist class! Holy shit! All those guys are really good. All right, so we'd get to that year and be like, "Well, I mean, like, yeah, you can't go uh, wrong. You, you can't know, go wrong. none of them have won a Super Bowl, so they're all going to be the same." <laughs> Phenomenal. But yeah, we'll 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 have we'll yeah, table we'll, that for a future. Well, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, just we'll go for fourteen hours. But uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of sums up week nine of the NFL season with a look forward to week 10. Um, I've really got nothing else to say. I think we're going to be back maybe next week with two episodes, uh, one Tuesday and one Thursday, uh, since if we got another one done tomorrow, it would be a little close to yeah, to this yeah. one. So um, we'll probably knock out two episodes next week. Um, I believe it's going to be a, another movie episode. Um, so we will get that. To you probably Thursday with another recap on Tuesday. Um, again, you know, from both Zach and I, we uh, we appreciate all your love and support. And, um, you know, let us know what you want to hear or, you know, we'll talk about anything but politics. So just let us know. And, you know, thanks for stopping by. Yep. Till next time, everyone.